It's S-W-O-P-E-S My crew, my boo, my weed's the best So ahead of my time, you can't see me yet But the last thing you'll ever see is me be stressed mm. Hey everybody, welcome to my podcast It is me, Elise Swopes How are you? I hope you're doing well I'm doing good Nothing wild and new happening at the moment It just seems very introspective as of lately And I'm just trying to figure out What is the purpose? What is my mission? What am I trying to accomplish with all of this stuff going on? You know, I mean, I could be in tune with capitalism for the rest of my life or I can use that in turn to help other people in some way shape or form so my mission as of right now is to somehow get my bachelor's degree from Columbia the school I dropped out of and I want them to give me life credit they offer credit to people who have accomplished a lot in their career without kind of having to go into to, into classes so I believe that I am eligible at this point to get life credit it. And then with that bachelor's degree, once I get it, I would like to go to school online for psychology. I think psychology is really interesting and I think my future self would be really grateful for me um, just trying something out and seeing what happens. So I'm going to try some this thing called a flex plan where basically I get to teach myself, which I've been doing for the last many years. And that's kind of why I dropped out of school in the first place is because I really felt like I wanted to be on my own time. I wanted to do things my way. I, I really just felt like I could teach myself. It's really cool that those things are available to us now. And I'm going to take advantage of that, especially with Corona going on, being more inside and a lot of things not really happening. I think it's important to take advantage of this time and to be inside and to study and to just do what I can do now. I think the old, they, well, the younger me was just not aware and not very mindful of the possibilities and the control I had over my own life. And I thought that, I don't know, I guess I thought that a lot of things weren't really in my control. And I do believe that at the end of the day, a lot is, is in our control. It just depends on our perspective. And I've actually been reading a book recently about perspective. It's really kind of, I mean, it's about how time is really the thing that signifies perspective for us and I'm more of a future oriented person which kind of leads me to you know just trying to accomplish a lot of things I can be pretty present as well but there's different types of present types that you can be and they're a little bit polar opposites so one present is a little bit more negative and the other is a little bit more positive but the present kind of doesn't live for the future and it really doesn't much live for the past but the past also has its positive and negative as well which can really really affect the way that you see just experiences and opportunities in your day-to-day so read the book that I'm talking about it's called The Time Paradox uh, I don't have it in front of me, so I don't know who wrote it, but I promise if you look up the Time Paradox book, you will find it because it's really popular and it's a bestseller, but it's definitely opened my opening my mind up. And among the many books I've read over time about the way the brain works and how people work and how they choose and how they do stuff, I do believe that psychology is something that would be really cool for me, and especially when it comes to my writing. You guys know that I've been writing a ton for years, and the writing to me is... I mean, it started off purely therapeutic and now it seems to be helping other people, which I think is really great. But, you know, I just want to make sure that 
at the end of the day, I'm giving advice from a perspective of, you know, study. And as much as I think some school is a scam, I think scam in a way for artists and certain abilities. But when it comes to science and doctoral and lawyer and, and stuff like that, you know, obviously school is really important. So I just want to make sure I add a little piece of paper to you know, the intentions that I hope to have at some point, which is to continue this podcast, I don't know, to write books, to do speaking engagements, just to to have, you know, an attachment to that to make people know that I'm legit. And I really do think the book that I, I'm reading right now, well, it's one of like a few, three or four books that I'm, I'm kind of dabbling in is it kind of brought me into a perspective of realizing that my future self is who I am right now. And I want to make sure that I'm making decisions for that future self. And the the kind of old me was really present. I think there's cool things about presence, of course, but there needs to be a realistic balance between doing things for pleasure versus doing things for a delayed response or a delayed gratification. And as of recently, you know, in the last few years of my life, I think in adulthood, we start realizing that, you know, instant gratification really isn't for a long lasting situation. So I think that delayed gratification of studying, of working hard for something, is definitely more in tune with who I am as of right now. And so it's a good thing to kind of open your mind up to. All right, so what are we going to be talking about today? Now, today we're going to be talking about habits, websites, and journaling, because I think those are all really important things, at least in my life and in everybody's life. If you're working on the internet, if you're doing anything on the internet, if you are existing in your day-to-day, if you want to better yourself, if you want to help others. I mean, these three topics are a little bit all over the place, but they're also very in tune with one another. So I'll try to connect them, but I'll also try to connect to educate you, you know, most importantly in each step of the way. So let's get into it. So when it comes to habits, obviously there's good ones and bad ones. And what makes a habit a habit is the repetition factor, obviously. It's the tendency and the manner of a behavior. So when you're doing something a lot, it's definitely going to become a habit, whether it's good or bad, as we have seen in our lives. And so what makes a habit a habit is an action, a repetition of that action, and then, of course, on the other side of it, you're going to get a reward, right? So it kind of makes it important to us, and that is why a habit becomes something, because obviously we get something out of it, and sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not. So through this uh, little tip list, you will kind of realize maybe some of the habits that you have could be healthy or some of them could be unhealthy, but we're going to figure out how to replace them, most importantly, replace them with something that's positive and helpful. So I hope this helps. And uh, I think that my biggest advice would be to be intentional about it, okay? Now, when it comes to habits, you want to make sure that you have a schedule, you have a routine, you kind of have a system in place that's going to remind you of what you are doing this for and kind of, you know, keeping you on track. So do your habit at the beginning, either at the beginning of your day or at the beginning of something. 
okay? And then you're also going to be doing it at the last part of your day, so maybe at the, at the end of your day at night or at the end of something. So always make sure that your habit is at the first or last of your day, your week, your month, or a moment, okay? And you're also going to want to think about pairing it with something that you love, that love will be something that is enjoyable. And sometimes the habits that we're trying to build aren't going to be enjoyable things. They're going to be things that have to do with our health, or things that have to do with our personal growth, things that have to do with, you know, keeping ourselves on task. And those are not easy things. But if we can, you know, come into tune with pairing it with something that's enjoyable, like when I wake up in the morning, I like to walk out to my my living room, light a candle, get a nice cold glass of water, and just sit down and do what I want. I don't limit myself to not looking at my phone and taking things. I like to look at the news, update myself a little bit, limit myself to a certain amount of time, and then move on with my morning. So then that's when I get into my meditation. That's when you know I get into my writing. That's when I get into my reading. That's when I get to my planning of my day. It doesn't need to be this thing. where you're limiting yourself to the things that you want to do. It's so much more about organizing the things you want to do in a healthy way. So in that sense, organize the better things that you need in tune with things that make you feel cozy, things that make you feel happy, things that make you feel a little bit more in tune with yourself or other people. You also want to think about replacing any bad habits with good ones. It's really, really difficult to just erase a habit whole without doing anything in replace of it. It kind of leaves an empty space or room to kind of wallow. I don't know if that's the right word, but like just kind of sit in that, in that space and think about it. So make sure that you're at least replacing a bad habit that you do have with something that's good that can kind of shift your thinking a little bit. Like maybe, you know, you you drink a lot of soda, but you need to drink some water. So obviously replacing maybe soda with uh, sparkling water could be a good idea for a little bit, but ease yourself in, you know, start small and think of your habits as solutions to problems that you have, right? I mean, they're not these like extravagant type of things that don't make sense. I mean, it's truly just a problem solve. And so when you consider any habits that you have, I mean, is it helping you? Is it doing something? Is it solving a problem? Is it a solution? So, you know, that's something to consider. Now in tune with thinking about the solutions, you always want to think about and remember the payoffs of why you are making a better habit or why you are removing a bad one. Now start small, like I said, and when you start small, you allow yourself to build momentum. You get to excite yourself. You build trust within yourself. You know, if you're starting too big, it's a little less obtainable. It's a little bit more heady. You know, you get to break it down a little bit more because when it's too in your head and and it's such a big idea, it's hard to give it tasks. And so when you start small, when you break down the big goals, break down the big ideas, break down those things into tasks, tangible items, you give yourself momentum, realistic motivation instead of relying on the inspiration of something else. You also want to think about remembering your cues and your triggers of your habits. You know, some habits are obviously in tune with certain things that happen. 
And so if certain things are happening during the day, I mean, you got to think about, you know, when does this habit happen? What time of day does this habit happen? How do you feel when this habit happens? How does it happen? Does it happen with something else? Does it happen with someone else? I mean, you really got to be conscious and be mindful of it. Be conscious of what it gives you. Be conscious of what it will provide. And within that, you're going to need to be able to visualize the outcomes of that. You need to have a little bit more imagination of, you know, what is to come. So, I mean, that's with good and bad. So the good stuff is really going to, it's, I mean, you got to attach to that. You got to have that delayed gratification that I was talking about and remembering that the outcome will be so much more rewarding than something that's going to come quickly. So you just want to, you know, really think about the payoff, think about the outcome, think about why you are doing it consistently and maybe keeping, you know, reminders around. So also uh, within that, know your purpose, know your mission, know your why. Your why almost should outweigh your when, your where, your who, your what. I mean, your why is always going to kind of give you that push through everything because there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come in your way that's going to tell you otherwise. I mean, you could even tell yourself otherwise in certain habits. Your brain is going to try to push you in a certain direction, but you got to trust in your soul feeling. So know your why always and remember that that when, where, who, what, what, blah, blah, blah is going to come in the way no matter what, but it's a, it's really just about knowing your purpose, knowing your mission and knowing what you, what you visualize for yourself. So remember that payoff and know your purpose and mission. So keep going, you know, no matter what, and learn from your failures, learn from your mistakes, because those are the things that are going to give you the education and the knowledge that is necessary for you to be the best that you can be. If you don't experience anything, and you're just out here thinking that you know, but you haven't known it, then how will you know? That may sound confusing, but it's really simple. It's a serious concept because I think a lot of people are afraid to try a lot of stuff. They're perfectionists. They're fearful. You know, I think when it comes to growing, when it comes to leveling up, you must try. You must fail. It's not going to be wins all the time. Winning is not your success factor. I promise you, <laughs> if I only knew that before, I mean, I don't know where I would be. I'm very blessed to be here at this point. But it's like, what? How, how do you shake somebody to kind of have that awareness? I don't know. But you only know it when you experience it. And that's the tough part. <laughs> Keep going. And learn from your failures, please. So know that within your purpose and your mission. And write those reasons down. You know, keep up with them. And have a self-audit every now and then, too. Do you know what a self-audit is? A self-audit is when you sit down and you really think about all the things in your life. Your health, your family, your goals, your things, you, you break it all down and you conceptualize it in actual tangible items. So for me, when it comes to my self-audits, I'll be like, okay, so what is, when it comes to my health, what do I need to focus on? So I'm like writing down teeth, you know, hair, skin, working out, going to the doctor, you know, just 
that's health stuff for me. Like there's probably more, but I don't know what it is right now. So within that other audit, I'm going to write down stuff that I'm like really good at. So I'm going to write down like, you know, graphic design, 3D design, blah, 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 like speaking, all this kind of stuff. And then within that, that I'm going to break that down into like tangible stuff that I can do. Just like things like books or actual events or stuff like conceptualizing actual things based on real stuff and making sure that I'm checking in with myself. So I'm also going to have an audit for like my family. So like, am I checking in with my, my grandparents? Am I checking in with my aunts, my uncles? How's everybody doing? You know, making a schedule and a routine for myself based on this audit so that I can make sure that my life is intact and it is focused and it is purpose driven. It's amazing to break stuff down. It's really good to write a list out and to be really specific because the more specific you are and the less in your head you are, it's going to alleviate any stress, any depression, any anxiety, any any kind of weird doubt, you know, because you know that, and I mean, of course, the doubt and all that whatever stuff's going to come, but as long as you're prepared for it, but like, it's going to be less. It's going to be less when you know that there's no distractions and you feel a little bit more aimed towards something that means something to your soul, that means something to your gut, that means something to your being, right? So make it about the person you want to be, okay? And this is what a habit is going to do for you. A habit is going to build you. It's going to make you. It's going to build the character of you. You also want to think about organizing your life and your space. So use what you have to your advantage. So make sure that you're using your resources. You don't need expensive stuff to do what you want to do. You don't need a huge team. You don't need a huge production. As long as you are really thinking about your idea and pushing it as far as you can with what you have, that's enough for then. That's going to bring you to the next step so that it'll allow you to do what you want a little bit further the next time. Don't hold yourself back because you don't have what you need right now. Use what you have. Be resourceful as much as possible. It's really going to help. So also, you know, I don't speak about this a ton. Organize your space physically and mentally. Organize your space in your home, in your corner, in where you need to be because this is where you're going to build your habit. This is where you're going to clear your mind. This is where you're going to, I don't know, allow some space for yourself to be free so you don't have to worry about all the little details and all the other extra things. Also, like I said before, have some reminders for yourself. So set up some auto pay on things, which could help with with habits, you know, paying things on time, doing things right, responding to certain people on, on things. And then also you want to have calendar reminders for yourself if that's necessary and curate your surroundings if you need curate things around you that's going to give you the push to feel a certain way like I said I do the candles I remove certain things in my environment that I don't use or don't need I mean if it's not useful to you get rid of it because it's only going to give you too much space filled in your mind and in your gut and in your soul and in your, your presence right? So, so clean up your space, organize your life, and you will allow yourself more room to be more habitual. So when it comes to habits, of course, you want to make sure that you are practicing patience. 
Make sure that you are practicing in general and then make sure that you are persevering. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come in your way and you got to make sure that you remember your why no matter what. So throughout everything, make sure you're rewarding yourself, you know, for your good work. Make sure that you're being your own friend and being your own coach and prepare yourself for anything that may change. Things change consistently and when we have a plan, you know, I mean, of course, it's going to change in some way or another. So don't necessarily change your goal, but just be aware and be kind of like a, a wave of some sort of, or of water where you just kind of go with the flow, but you still know what your purpose is. And, and through each flow and through each change, you're still bringing yourself, bringing your best self and bringing your intentions. And that's really what you know, is going to bring you to a positive change, a change that's not going to allow you to, to change yourself, but to allow you to use it to your advantage. So be prepared for change and be prepared for your habit to allow you to work through it anyway, because the habits that you make are really going to help you through any kind of obstacles that will come up. If you're choosing the right ones, of course. <laughs> so also, you want to make sure that, and this is something I guess I've learned as of recent, is, is being lazy and being bored is necessary. It's so necessary to have that open space because that's where your bright ideas are going to come in. When it comes to meditation, and I think I've talked about this on some other podcasts if you like to go through them, but I think I have a podcast about meditation. But if I don't, I probably should do one. That would be nice. I'm going to write that down actually. So anyway, so the thing about meditation is that when it comes to thinking, there's a process when you focus on your mind and you allow your mind to think any way it wants to. For some reason, it doesn't. For some reason, it goes blank. For some reason, it doesn't think as much as when you kind of were obsessed with it and trying to stop it. And I think that's kind of where even creativity comes into play is where sometimes I think I'm, I'm thinking so much and I'm trying to pressure my brain and, and my soul to do more work than it's, it's ready for. And I don't come up with a lot. And so when we give ourselves enough room to kind of breathe, to be lazy, to be bored, to not have to be so obsessed with the habits that we put in place for ourselves, we give ourselves some room to grow and to level up and to be different and to be creative. And so when it comes to these habits and this conversation about habits, make sure that you're also just being okay with change, being okay with being lazy, being okay with being bored and being okay with sometimes the habits not working out, but still knowing that you're going to go back to it tomorrow. Listen to your gut, listen to your soul and be in your feelings and your emotions in a necessary way, but don't allow them to control you. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to habits, allow yourself to feel, allow yourself to be, but also make sure that, like I said, remember your why. Remember what your reasons are and remember your purpose and your mission because at the end of the day, your future self is ready for you. <laughs> so just to wrap up the habits portion, just real quickly. So when it comes to good habits, real specifically, if you want to make a good habit, you want to make sure that the habit is obvious, okay? So make sure that you're putting obvious situations in your path to make sure that you're practicing that good habit. Make sure that the good habit is attractive to you so you're not doing something that is just not for you. Make it pretty. Make it nice. Buy something that has something to do with making it a little bit more you and a little bit more personal, 
Say, for instance, you need to journal a little bit more, which we'll be talking about. Buy a journal for yourself that's nice, that fits your personality, that you want to bring around, that you can decorate, that you can do stuff with, that makes it you. So make your habit attractive and make it enjoyable and cozy and comfortable. You also want to make it easy. Put it in front of your face. Make it obvious. Like I said, make it approachable. Make it obtainable. Make it tangible. And the more easy you make it for yourself, the better it will be. So have someone make you accountable for it or make yourself accountable for it, but make it simple enough so that you don't have to go out of your way to accomplish it. Also make it satisfying. Make it enjoyable. Make it, you know, something that is going to lead you to happiness and more peace because when it's not satisfying you know for instance when I was trying to quit smoking five years ago I haven't picked up a cigarette since I realized that it just wasn't satisfying anymore it was really gross and there was nothing cool about it and it smelled bad and it was just nasty and so I think that was a huge factor into why I really quit when it comes to a good habit, make sure that it's satisfying you, it's satisfying others, and that it is a positive thing. Now, when it comes to your bad habits, of course, it's going to be pretty much the opposite of what I just talked about. So it's going to you know, be unattractive. You don't want it to be cool. It's really put into perspective that it's just not attractive at all all and you want to make it not obvious to you so get it out of your face get it out of your line of sight get it out of your mind get it out of your space and make it really difficult to even get to it make it completely difficult to even think about it make it difficult to even talk about you know get it get that bad habit habit all the way out of here in any possible way you can and like I talked about make it unsatisfying too so get it to a point where it's just not enjoyable anymore and you really just need to move forward with something else that's going to make you happy in the long run. Okay, so next we're going to talk about websites. Now, I've been building websites since I was, I think, like 10 or 11. And then when MySpace came on the the scene, I was out here making MySpace layouts for everybody like it was nothing. I'm really sure that that was the intro to my entrepreneur lifestyle. So when it comes to websites, I feel like I've got a pretty decent handle on them. If you go look at my website, I mean, it's stocked up with all types of things. I mean, everything you need to know about me, you can find on there. So your website, I think, is the most important part of your online presence, to be honest. I think it should showcase everything you want to know or it should really showcase everything you want the world to know about you and your personal brand. And it really allows you the opportunity to kind of stand out and globalize your reach. I mean, you can create connections through it and you can really present a compelling and intriguing resume. And I mean, you really don't want to skip any steps when it comes to your website. So the thing about websites is, is that you need to make sure that you are hosting your website on, you know, something that's reputable and trustworthy and that is going to host your website consistently and professionally. And a host of your website is going to either give you uh, just your domain name, which is your website's address, you know, co. for instance. It's one of my domains. I've also got com. I've got swop.es, which I think is pretty cool. So you can get creative with it. Just look it up. Do some, you know, research. You could do a, a lot of research on what services work best for you. So GoDaddy or Domain.com or HostGator or Namecheap are pretty top-rated register services. But if your budget allow it allows it, I mean, you know, you should honestly 
buy as many URL variations as you can, whether it be .org, .net, or .me. You know, I had a little fun and used as much as I could, and I, I used a Spanish registrar register to sign up, which was for the swop.es. So just be creative, have fun, and, and just do a little bit of research on what is the possibilities. Now, when it comes to the host of your actual website, because there's a, there's a separation between your domain name and the post that's actually supporting your actual pages and your, and your website. So make sure you're tr- selecting a trustworthy host as well. Your host will be your service provider, basically. So they can be the same as above or they can be different. So you can use Squarespace, Weebly, Wix, or WordPress. And they do have kind of like interesting design platforms where you can cre- kind of create your website through kind of like a drag and drop experience, which is a lot easier than, you know, having to, to hire or work through your own HTMLs and stuff like that. But if you can, you should always hire a web designer because we should be giving, you know, people some jobs and helping people out. And if you have a friend, especially, that's that's huge. So... It is possible to buy a domain name through a website design or through a host of that nature, but it's most likely that, you know, most of those hosts have kind of some kind of like partnership with a register service like GoDaddy or Domain.com or HostGator. So just keep that in mind when you're going through your website setup. I think the most important part too, as well as your host and your domain uh, name, is to create a plan for your website. I think it's really important to, you know, just really sit down and have a piece of paper or a pen or a pencil or whatever and design kind of like a flow chart or fill out a spreadsheet or, you know, write a simple bullet point list of pages. Whatever it is, just make sure you've got a clear kind of vision of how you want to structure your website. So if you've considered kind of like your brand strategy or your brand identity, that should help kind of like help decide the website's development. So consider like what you want out of your website. What's your objective? Who's really going to be looking at it? Do you want a certain person to hire you? Do you want certain people to buy something from you? And think about your tone. Think about your visuals. You want to tell people how to think about you. It's not up to them to decide. I mean, of course, they're going to assume and think whatever they want, but you have every control at this point to tell people how to think and how to take you and how to associate you and what to do with your content. So tell them and and be really direct. So do visuals, um, think about your design, make sure that you have all your means of contact and really any other details that will help Uh, you successfully present your brand. So the color, the width, the font, it should really match kind of your identity and and what you're trying to present for yourself. So every, every part of your website should have something to do with your brand identity and strategy and just stay consistent and, and stay on brand in that way. So Honestly, nothing is wrong with pulling a bit of inspiration from your favorite website. So if you if you have any favorite websites, just do some research, take some notes, notice what works, notice what doesn't work for their intention that they have or what you have. And websites just they all have basic requirements like a header 
or call to action pages, forms, share buttons, follow buttons, footer. And even in your footer, you should also make an effort to add some trust builders, you know, like having press things, having testimonials, having awards, having fax pages, frequently asked questions. And it's really, you know, it's fairly simple if you kind of put your mind to it. But if you aren't good with copywriting, with graphic design, with web design, or SEOs, what we'll talk about in a bit, it's probably best for you to just hire a friend or someone that you know is an expert. So just complete what you can. And, and just don't put any pressure on yourself too much to develop everything yourself. The more you ask for help, the more you can accomplish, I promise. So nothing is ever out of your reach. There's always someone somewhere willing to help you. So... After you've got your plan, uh, you want to just get really specific. So now that you've got it, just build it out. You know, when it comes to your website, you want to make sure that it's just uncluttered as possible. You really just want to be as specific. You want to make sure that uh, you plan it from top down. And what's, what you share kind of at the top is most important than what's at the, bo- at the bottom. So just think about what you intend to share in order of importance. So your header will need to include like your logo and easy access to navigation to the rest of your pages. Just make sure it's really specific, concise, not overcrowded. Consider breaking down or adding certain pages together to allow less navigation titles. So the less people got to click around, find stuff, the better. And your homepage, it'll be the first thing people look at when they visit your URL or your domain. So let this kind of be like the lobby of your website, so to say. You want to make sure that you're reminding people of who you are in a quick and concise way. So use imagery to your advantage and point people in the right direction. So this will minimally include, you know, some of your best of the best and and even most of your current content. So you'll just want to maybe even collect some email addresses here for newsletters if you'd like. And go to my homepage if you'd like to check it out. I'm really proud of it. I kind of use like my about page to set it up and kind of point people in the right direction on how I want them to internalize my approach to my designs and, and my job, really. And also, so your about page, I think I know a lot of people struggle with their about page, but it should be interesting. You know, it should be well written. It should be friendly. I mean, you you don't really need to like exaggerate your story. You know what I'm saying? But just try to form credibility by just being authentic. Just be yourself and and share who you are. I mean, you'll need to decide if you want to use your first or if you want to use first or second person, but your about page is really to inspire or to trust and tell visitors what they want to know. I mean, it's really that simple. I mean, be as specific as possible, express your values, list your credentials, your awards, your certifications. I mean, it's really important too to include a photo or two of yourself and include links and update it regularly. So having an about page from an old self of you is really gonna kind of show people that you're really not on top of what you're doing. So just make sure that if you are trying to keep your website up to date, put it in your calendar or something so that you can check it out uh, monthly or weekly um, to update it because you want to make sure that it's it's up to date. Now, the pages you create should speak directly to their topic or the keyword that you're kind of trying to focus on, whether you want a blog or like some kind of resources or a shop or a press page or you want to just show all the project, projects that you worked on. Everything that's on those pages needs to relate to those those things or or be paged underneath them. So 
you need like high quality images and videos, I'd say, and, and just really be as descriptive and clear as possible and with the least amount of distractions. Just remember, you know, quality over quantity. And if you need help, ask other people how to weed through the extra content you already have. So have someone look through your website and have them tell you what they don't like about it. Tell them, have them tell you what's confusing. You know, I mean, it's really helpful to kind of take yourself outside of yourself to kind of see what's necessary. You also want to make sure that you've got a contact page. You, you really must have a contact page. I mean, it's probably the most important thing you got on there. It would be in your best interest to, to really even list the things that people can contact you about so that um, you know, that you can kind of give them an idea of what's possible. So whether it be questions, concerns, a type of work, or speaking engagements, just remind, you know, visitors to your website what they can chat with you about and what they can hire you for. And most website designs allow for like a contact form. So be sure to include that as well for a full name, full email, and location. And, um, you can also include, you know, your contact. So uh, put your full name, put your full email and location so that, you know, when people are visiting your website, they can even know where you're from, um, remind them who you are. And, you know, when they're writing out their their interest or, or contact or whatever, they can kind of, um, you know, stay on, on task for themselves. And so you can also add, you know, a map of your current location as well, which is helpful to people out of the country. And then the footer of your website, it's just like the bottom half that kind of never goes away on your website. It's always kind of there. And uh, the footer's helpful because, it, I mean, it really just includes important information such as like copyright stuff, disclaimers, and, and just a few links to like relevant resources like your contact or any important navigation or search stuff. I mean, it's, it's really just a highly visible part of your website because like I said, it, it's shown on every page and it's kind of the same way as the header is, but just not as, as much info or it is, it's a little bit more information than the actual header with a navigation. So you should also include maybe like some icons that link to your social media and your email. So just some things to wrap up some of this advice is, uh, about websites is, you know, I think logos create trust, obviously. So if you've worked with any brands or if you've done anything that involves a logo of something that people can kind of associate with something, add it as a social media link or a project link or as a reference to like a testimonial or an interview or something like that. It'll really help with kind of getting people's thoughts in motion of what's possible. So people love clout. Give them the clout if they need the clout. Like I said, this website is to tell people how to think about you. So if you have any kind of control over that, do it. All right. And like I said before, have a few friends or family members look through your website to make sure you didn't make any mistakes before announcing it to the world. Or if you'd like, you can go to this website. It's called Dr. Link Check. It's drlinkcheck.com. Um, you put in your website in there and then it'll check like all the links on your website and it'll tell you if they all work, which is pretty cool. Also, you want to make sure that your website is mobile friendly. People will be viewing it from their phones and their tablets and stuff like that. So you want to make sure that you triple check that and that making sure that, you know, people can see their your stuff on their mobiles because it's huge. Uh, you don't want to lose any uh, visitors from that. And, and it's easy to do, especially if you're using any kind of the drag and drop type of design elements for your hosts. You're really going to have a ton of options as far as mobile goes. So if you have a shop, 
Make sure that you accept payments by paying for an item yourself, which is really important. Make sure that you're testing out your website, making sure that you're walking through the process so that you can understand what people are going through when they buy your stuff. Make sure that it all works and it makes sense and that you would like to do that that own kind of experience. And also, too, and this is something I don't think a lot of people think about, but links, like certain links, should open to a new window or stay within the same window, depending on what it is, right? New windows should be for like content that's hosted outside of your website. So that's like, they could be like links to different work, uh, links to your Instagram, links to other websites, links to other things that can add addition to your website. But content that's linked to your website should be linked in the same window. So if, you know, say for instance, someone's on your homepage and they want to go to your project page, you know, if they click that link, that'll open up in the same window. But say for instance, they're on your project page and they click a link for like a collaboration with, you know, Google, they click that logo and a new window will pop up for your Instagram, right? Or for that content or whatever, so that people can stay on that same page, that same project page on your website, so they can stay on your website and kind of go around and look around on something else. So that's something really, really important to kind of consider. But, you know, your website is really just your personal showcase. Don't limit yourself, but also don't don't overwhelm yourself and others. Remember your purpose and just pace yourself through each step. And I'm telling you, a website could take more than a day take more than a week and it could take more than a month but I mean and they also need a lot of work and, and consistent updates as well so just be you know kind to anyone who helps you be kind to yourself and and just be patient because you know you really don't want to rush what you want to last forever and what you want people to kind of think about you as if this is the control factor that you have you better make sure it's good <laughs> and have some fun with it while you're doing it as well and last but not least, journaling. Journaling is huge. Journaling changed my life. And I think it will change anyone else's who takes it up and tries to stay consistent with it. Now, the thing about journaling is you don't need to do it every day. It's not like something that if you skip one day, you need to like lose your mind over. Absolutely not. Journaling is really just a check-in tool. It's, a, it's something to help you in many, many different ways. It can help you with your emotional intelligence where you can kind of, you know, work through your emotions and it'll help you with your memory. It'll help you with your confidence. It'll help you with um, your stress. It'll reduce your stress. It'll help you learn about yourself. Um, it'll help you communicate. It'll organize your thoughts. It'll improve your mood. I mean, I don't know how much more I can say. It's really one of the best things you can possibly do for yourself and I'm just really happy I can give a few tips on it so when it comes to journaling specifically you're gonna want to make sure that you either meditate or you have some kind of like solitude moment kind of what I was talking about within the habits before where you're you're getting rid of all the noise around you you're lighting a candle you're in tune with your breathing you almost you stretched you know you really just pretty relaxed and there's no distractions. So that's really going to help you with your first step in journaling. You also want to choose a time that works for you. 
specifically. I like to journal in the morning or at night, but whatever time you have for peace and serenity is the time that works for you. Um, That's the right time. That's all that matters. There's no perfect time. It's just really what helps you the most and, and what you can get in when you can. You know, like I said, journaling is not this thing where you have to do it every single day. I mean, if that's for you, of course, and, and if it's necessary, especially with gratitude journaling, we'll talk about in a bit. But, you know, don't push yourself too hard for when it comes to time. If there's a time where you find you've got an extra 10 minutes to sit and have a five-minute quick, you know, gratitude journal, I mean, that's that's more than enough. So enjoy yourself why you do it. You know, journaling shouldn't be something that's painful and not satisfying. It should be a cozy, wholesome moment with yourself, most importantly. And if it, if you'd like to make it private too, it should be, you know, it should be something where you don't think about any judgment uh, from anyone or anything or, or yourself, most importantly. It should be a time-limited essence of self. So make your journal you. I think I talked about this a little bit in habits where you get a journal that is, you know, your favorite color, your favorite feel, your favorite texture, your favorite thing, your favorite line, your anything, and then get a pen, a pencil, something that's your favorite color or, or feel or whatever. I mean, it's, it's really, like, it's, it's about you at the end of the day and what makes you feel comfortable and happy and makes you excited to go into that moment. And like I said, have a time limit too, five to 10 minutes at most. You don't want to sit there for forever and and push yourself to the point where now your mind is kind of thinking for you. You really want to come to a comfortable position where you're kind of giving as much as you can and then you're kind of pulling back and visiting it when necessary. So another thing, important thing about journaling is organizing your journal, whether it be, you know, having some kind of app that you have or having a journal that's all put together that you can kind of take with you, date your entries and keep them, you know, keep them in that way, organized because you want to re- go back to them and reference them and they'll kind of remind you of your growth and, and just different things that are necessary at that moment. And you just want to keep it with you, you know, in case inspiration comes about, you know, the motivation comes about. And it doesn't always need to be like paper. You don't need to do it on paper. It can be digital. You can type it. Sometimes it's even easier to type a ton if you feel like you have a lot to say, which is which is easy for me. I like to type letters through uh, Microsoft Word because it helps with my spelling. I don't got to think about it too much and it just keeps everything flowing and I don't get a hand cramp. Too. <laughs> so you can also do a scrapbooking too. You don't have to always write words. If you find something that is meaningful, it's like a ticket or a memory of some sort or a, a leaf or whatever it is, you can throw that in there too. And that's just as much as, you know, a reminder or a journal than anything, more than words sometimes. So, you know, be comfortable with whatever is going to tell your future self about what's going on with you at that moment, right? You just want to be your present self as much as possible. So within that, you just want to make sure that you're, you're being honest, you know, you're, you're being your full self at that time. There's no distractions. There's no, there's no pressure. There's nothing. And within that, I mean, 
and it's the same way with habits. You you just want to start small. You know, if, if you're writing and you're new to journaling, you know, maybe write down three things a day that you're grateful for or that you're looking forward to or that, you know, something that could change or that you're looking forward to changing or working on. Just be really simple. At the end of this, I'm going to give you a quick little, a few ideas about how to write really quickly or to get some inspiration behind what to write. So I'll I'll share those in a bit. But, you know, if something's not working, be honest with yourself about it. If you're writing at a certain time and you're not happy about writing at that time, then stop writing at the time. Choose a different time. Or if, you know, I don't know, if the, the journal you have is not feeling good in your hand, then choose a different journal. If the pen's not making you inspired, it doesn't make you feel happy, then get rid of the pen. You know, like, Feel through your journal tactics. Feel through what's working. Feel through what is. And it's okay to switch it out and then change up because, I mean, right now it's not forever and change is inevitable. So, I mean, some journal tasks can be to-do lists. Some of them can be eventing. Some of them can be just organizing your life, like your life audit, like we were talking about. Or it can just be to simplify something. Maybe you're just trying to get rid of some stuff and to, to really get whatever's out of your mind you know, on paper and to just make it seem like it's obviously not as big as your mind was making it to be. So you also want to make sure that you are being accountable. Make sure that you're being accountable within your journaling. So just, you know, keeping yourself, you know, making sure that you're doing it, I guess. (laughs) Maybe you need to have a friend that you journal with or maybe you're sharing your journal to a blog or something. Maybe you need to add a calendar reminder to your phone or something like that. Just, you know, have some things that, that's going to inspire you or maybe join a journaling group or follow some people who are really great at journaling and they, they I don't know, there's there's cool stuff on Instagram where there's like bullet journalists or bullet journaling where they have these really cool journals and people like design them and draw on them and stuff and people really give a lot of their time and effort to journaling. And so if you, you see how some people kind of give them give their own kind of personal touches to it, it could inspire you a ton. I've talked about the judgment detox quite a bit, but I haven't really talked about like the journaling part of it, I guess, or maybe I did. I did have a judgment podcast and I think I maybe went into it a little bit, but not enough. But when it comes to the judgment detox and journaling, if you're having a judgment on someone or someone or something, really, you want to think about what or who you're judging, okay? So you want to write that down. And then you also want to write down how does the judgment make you feel? And then also you want to write down why do you feel that you're justified in this judgment? And then after that, you want to write down what moment in your life triggered you to feel justified in this. And then after that, you want to really think about okay, are there patterns in my judgment and and is there reasons for my past and in my life for that I'm feeling this way? And so when you really kind of dig deep about that, about your judgments, about the negative things that kind of sit on your shoulders every now and then from either people or things or stuff that bother you, it kind of like gets rid of it and you give it kind of a meaning and a a reason and it, it kind of makes it more approachable. And so if necessary, and what I like to do with my journaling every now and then is if someone's annoying me, if something is bothering me, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to answer a bunch of these questions and all of them, really, not just a bunch, but all of them. And it's going to give me, you know, something 
tangible, something to kind of give me, I don't know, a reason behind what's happening. Because sometimes we may feel frustrated in a certain way because someone's doing something to us. But at the end of the day, I think it has a huge connection to something that's already happened. And, and if we can, I don't know, see that, we can kind of take control of that and respond to the past self a little bit more and heal that in ourselves before we keep coming back to that same situation in an angry way, in a stressed way where it's affecting us a lot more. So it's it's time to, you know, allow journaling to open your mind to more possibilities, to calm, to hope, to a freer sense of being. So some exercises to do to, you know, just get thinking real quick for journalists is to do like a fill in the blank. You can do like a I am, I feel, I love, I'm thankful for, you know, and just fill that out. Just keep filling everything out. And and that could be a really nice way to kind of intro yourself into journaling. You can also just do a quick five minute throw down, like have time yourself for five minutes and say, you're just going to write everything down. You think everything you feel, don't hold yourself back. Just go. Another one is is to do a life audit like I talked about before and the life audit includes auditing your health. So thinking about all the things in your health that you need to pay attention to. Think about your home, think about how you clean, how you organize, what's in your closets, all that kind of stuff. Do an audit of everything. Think about your work, your family, everything, okay? And that's going to be huge. It's going to be a great way to journal and break down and give yourself something to maybe think about, maybe a purpose, maybe a mission, I don't know. Think about your five whys too. This is a good fun one. If you ask yourself why after, like five times after each answer you give yourself from a question, you'll really get down to the fifth why of like the real meaning of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish through something. Uh, so do a five whys exercise and it, it'll really maybe tell you something a little bit different than you've been thinking. You can also try an association exercise. So um, I'm looking at a plant right now on my my window seal, and I could write down plant, I could write down green, and then I could write down money, and then I write down economy, and then I could write down anything. So <laughs> that's like a, that's association, and I mean that could help a ton. So also you can do an alphabet as well a b c d e f g just writing down words associated with the alphabet that's a fun one i like to do that one every now and then you can do it unsent letters too unsent letters are really helpful to do so that you can get some feelings out and you don't necessarily have to send it to people it's another really good way to do a judgment detox or or just some kind of detox to get rid of some heavy feelings in your on yourself and then you can also do a perspective exercise. So writing down the perspective of every visual angle of something, whether it be a thought, an idea of an actual, like like what you can see of anything. You know, sometimes it's good to think of the different perspectives from someone, from a bird or a person or anything. It'll really just give you a different idea about something and, and it'll just take you outside of yourself so that maybe you're not as stressed. Maybe maybe you can have a different idea. Maybe you can just go a little bit further than the limitations that yourself may be providing. 
This is a long podcast, huh? I mean, I guess it makes up for the short one I just did last week or two weeks ago. But again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you learned a little bit of thing too. You know, as I always say, I'm just really happy and, and grateful that you've come here to listen and to take the time. And I know you could be doing a million other things in the world. And I'm excited for you to do those things right after this. But... <laughs> I'm glad that you chose to be here for this. So we will chat next time. And I'm looking forward to what the rest of uh, the next couple of weeks hold. Talk then. Bye-bye.